0: And I kind of wanted to start this in a way where if someone hadn't read it before, we could kind of give our endorsement. Um, so if you guys were encouraging someone to check this out, you know, what would you, how would you pitch it to them?
1: Um, I'd probably start with telling them if you've ever been interested in knowing the Empire's side of things, and not in a way like you know that their motivations, but knowing the people in the Empire, where they come from and how the galaxy sees like the Civil War and Order 66 and all of that stuff, it's a good book to read for that. I mean, a lot of people just from the outset who haven't read the books think that, you know, the, the moral lines are drawn rather inexorably between, you know, the good and the bad and The galaxy sees the rebels and they're the good guys and empires the bad guys like no it's like there's a lot of like ambiguity here some some planets don't know what's going on and some planets are being fed propaganda and then you have people who support the empire some people who look forward to seeing the tie fighters and it's a great way to see the perspective of just the galaxy at large on both
0: sides yeah
2: yeah, uh anyone else?
0: Have
1: I'd say
2: this just if you liked or loved the original trilogy, which really who doesn't? Some people like other trilogies more, but everyone has a special place in their heart for the original trilogy and you want to see it from a different point of view, in beautifully told from a more grounded point of view, it's not like a huge space opera like the movies are. Uh this book is for you. It's really good. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I feel like I'd kind of pitch it as a behind the scenes of all those big events that we see throughout the original trilogy. It's from a like an actual human perspective, you know what I mean? You're not looking at it from a Jedi's point of view, but just someone who works for the Empire or is part of the Rebellion.
0: Yeah, I
4: agree. It, I love... Oh, no, go ahead. I, I love kind of that additional point of view. I love like... I forget um, when Thane's like talking about Luke and he's kind of just like over it how <laughs> how other people see him. Um, I think that's really refreshing and I, I think Victoria said on the group chat how it like weaves in different parts of the story, but it definitely doesn't feel like it's tied down to the to the plot of like a new Opa original. Um but you get just enough where you get that kind of outside perspective on the characters you really enjoy
0: and the moments you really enjoy. And uh, Broken Ted, any thoughts?
2: Nope, if not. That's cool. <laughs> Burke, you're on mute. I see you're listening. Sorry. You're yep.
5: Yourself. <laughs> um, I really liked it. I don't want to say it like humanized like the evil side, but like like people like you guys have said, kind of shows the background or the behind the scenes of like the people that are actually behind like the rebels and the empire, um, and it just kind of. I felt like it showed that you're often like a product of your environment that you grow up in. Um, it reminded me a lot, I just recently watched um, the movie Jojo Rabbit. If you haven't seen it, I highly suggest it. It's really good. Um, but in the movie, the little boy is, um, it's in like Nazi Germany. The little boy has an imaginary friend and his imaginary friend is Hitler. But um, but he, it shows like just how much he doesn't actually know about what is really going on. Cause you can see Hitler is like smoking cigarettes and eating meat and there's like all these things that like Hitler didn't actually do. Like, so it just shows that he didn't really know what was really going on. Um, so I think especially when the characters are younger kind of growing up under the empire's reign, they just didn't really know what was going on.
0: Yeah. And
6: Ted? That- Uh, Yeah, I would just agree with what other people have said about uh, a fresh, like, perspective on the other side of what we've seen for years and years. Um, Like, we saw a bit in, like, Battlefront 2 with Iden Versio and stuff, but it was really refreshing, because I'd never read a Star Wars book before, so it was just refreshing to, like, experience something like that for the first time.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just think Star Wars books are amazing in general, and I want more people reading them. <laughs> um, I do kind
2: of feel sorry for people who this is their first one because you're going to read a few that just aren't going to measure up to Lost Stars. <laughs> <laughs> That's started off
0: strong.
1: just want to add, That's building true. off of what Liz said about Luke Skywalker, is also a view into like how the galaxy viewed the the ideologies. Like it wasn't it wasn't so prevalent. Whereas like everyone was like, "Oh, the Jedi and the Sith." Like no, some people were just like they exist like the force is a thing i don't believe in the force sometimes it's just like one of those like looming specters in the galaxy
2: yeah that's a good point because i know i had to explain to like my family members when i showed the mandalorian that like the child using the force and the man and mando not really knowing what that is it's it makes sense because it would have been propaganda the empire would have banned talking about teaching about the force because the emperor wanted to be the only one. So,
0: Yeah, it's really easy to forget that um, we have a different vantage point as the audience. The people in the world don't know any of this stuff. And so that's why, I mean, to me, I, I pitch it. Cause this is like the perfect Star Wars story. Cause it's A, it's a classic coming of age story, right? That's always relatable to everyone. Um, and it touches on like, like the, the classism of their planet. And then they, they come, they come up, we get to relive all these awesome star Wars moments. Um, and without it heavily relying on characters that we already know, um, you know, it's, it's got, it's got your, your bit of romance. It's got, you know, your, your action. It's got, it's got Vader in it. <laughs> it's, it's got everything you want. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, Highly recommend everyone reads it, uh, but yeah, we can uh, move past the non-spoiler stuff and uh, kind of get into the meats of, of everything. Um, for for you guys, you know, we had this awesome, you know, cast of characters, right? Because memorable characters are like the bread and butter. Obviously, Thane and Sienna, and uh, as well as their classmates, um, just. What, what jumps out at you about uh, about all of them and their their relationships and who did you like and who did you hate?
2: I mean, I'm sure we all hated uh, Ved Foslow, but. Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't hate, hate him. I liked every single character, mostly because without even like spending way too long describing what they look like, you could still picture every single person that played a major role. Like I knew what Jude looked like and talked like just by like, just how uh claudia wrote everything she said you know she was like, oh yeah she's the nerdy one but kind of in an endearing way and you know she, yeah. she talks probably matter of fact and you know i could picture who would play her in a live action movie pretty much after a few scenes with her and that's just mm-hmm. incredible writing honestly yeah
1: <laughs> yeah i'd say i'd say jude was probably the one that stood out to me the most um before a certain point in time in the book but uh I mean yeah every single character was was written beautifully and it would be tough to single any one person out um obviously you have Thane and Sayana but um Nash uh even even when you get to the to the latter half of the book and the characters like scale up to you know include rebels it, it does a good job of like insulating itself and keeping the story relatively about those original characters that
0: we met in the beginning yeah it's 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 so good um i mean anybody else any favorite characters or or notable and it's okay to jump forward because i mean just the way that the story is written what we see in the beginning are like you know pebbles in a pond and we see how those ripple outward to who they end up being and that's you know, that's kind of what makes it uh, amazing. I mean, for, for me, the first person that jumps out is Nash. You know, um, when you meet Nash in the beginning, he loves Alderaan. Whenever Thane talks about um, Jelly Can, he's like, oh man, you don't even know. Like, I'm going to take you to Alderaan. You're going to see all this, this crazy stuff. Uh, it's the best. And hopefully... You know, he believed that the point of the empire was to make every place like Alderaan. Obviously, he was on the deck of the Death Star when when Alderaan uh, was no more. And I don't know that that moment was just like ah it hit hit me in the feels. I mean, what, what do you guys think?
1: Yeah, it's it's well, probably my favorite part of the book, even though it's the most tragic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can feel the it too,
0: except. Oh sorry, you can go ahead,
1: Connor. Oh that's no,
3: okay. You can you can like feel that that pain that everyone feels in that and the shock in that moment when I was listening to it. It's it's incredible.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Cuz the movies never except for Leia really dived into you like people weren't on Alderaan but were from Alderaan and had to hear about it blowing up and had to think about literally every like most tragedies you hear about somewhere that happen in our world you're like oh, I hope my, my one cousin from over there is okay. But like you hear about a planet blowing up, it's like, I know my one cousin from over there and all my cousins from over there are not okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and it's, it, it must be heavy. And then like you're saying Thane must, and then he had to hear all the people being like, I'm sorry, your planet was full of traitors, you know? <laughs> and yeah. it's like, that, that I can't imagine. There
0: was no Facebook check-ins safe. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and uh, especially, I, I mean, going off of what you just said, what do you think about the imperial's rationalization of what happened? You know, like you you join the empire, which is this great thing, and you're gonna, you know, do all this stuff, and we're gonna we're gonna stop these these traitors. Uh, and I know that's yeah, like you guys are saying, that's that's kind of the best part of of the book is being on on the side and where it touches the um the star wars universe um but yeah let's let's talk about that you know this touches the main trilogy uh and a little bit of of the force awakens you know with uh this guy behind me but Mm -hmm. um what did that mean to you guys you know what what is your favorite part where it kind of touches you know the story um what what jumps out of you guys and we'll hit everyone uh so start with uh justin
2: oh well that's easy uh so the like first act of the book like you said was like pebbles in a pond they were training they were kids they were growing closer and then they finally grow pretty close uh and it's like heartwarming but then there's the moment they graduate and my brain is still in this small pond but the moment they graduate she she's like I was assigned to the I believe it's the executor first or whichever one that you know not the executors the devastator one. the devastator first which I knew because I'm a nerd was the one from the first movie and then he's like I'm on some top secret station that they won't even tell me the name of and I literally I exclaimed out loud I was like oh crap because like I realized <laughs> that this like story and these characters were going to go on to bigger things than even my brain was ready for, <laughs> and that's when the chapter ends. And I was like, "Oh boy, yeah, you're going to have a bad time." <laughs> yeah,
0: um, uh, Brooke.
5: Well, I love when Wedge shows up when I like <laughs> came out. I was so excited. Um, but as far as like the timeline of the originals, I really think going back to. Um, Alderon blowing up. I really feel like that hit me harder reading it than seeing it in the movie for the first time. I think watching the movie I was like wow they really just blew a planet up but then like the book I guess just the way it was written made me really feel for how many people were actually living on that planet um, and I also thought that it was kind of a turning point kind of sort of for Thane and Cyanna at a little bit. So I think that it sparked what eventually would happen to Thane leaving or deserting or whatever you want to call it. Um, I thought it was interesting that it was kind of different for Cyanide because I think that was the first time that she had really seen like, wow, how like evil the Empire can be. Um, But I think with that happening and the Death Star getting exploded, like not that much later, I think to that, like it justified to her like okay maybe these people are really bad and we are really the ones doing the right thing um, so that was interesting how that dynamic was between the two characters
0: yeah and it also gave vibes because they would be talking to each other but hearing each other say different things yeah. you know and it, it actually reminded me a lot of um, of uh, Ray and Kylo Ren where they were both saw themselves joining the other person but like no, you got to plan this out beforehand. <laughs> no. um, uh, Victoria?
7: Hi. So <laughs> I joined a little late, but
0: totally um, fine.
7: I think so. My vantage point on this, my, I was doing the audiobook. And so my auditory processing is the first time I've done an audiobook, but I heard Devastator. And you know, my personal point. <laughs> I was like this girl is about to be a young 20 something and she's gonna run in to Darth Vader what's gonna happen kind of thing but I found that it was so in her perception of him I found her perception of characters that we as an audience already have established perspectives of like the Ozzles the Tarkins the Piet mm-hmm. like she had these run-ins with these characters but something Darth Vader really struck me and she was like talking about judging him for needing a life support system and like you can't judge someone that they need have different needs and like how what that that I don't know I guess you wouldn't think about how someone normal would just see this guy walking around and be like okay this is <laughs> you know the empire um, and so that really struck me just because I don't know it was an interesting perspective of a universe that's already established um and then later in the series when she compares herself to ha- wearing the belt and she says something about she is like him yeah. like that common character <laughs> her arc of like the idea of like just because you didn't do these things doesn't mean you weren't a part of these things and so I, I thought that was very interesting because she sees him and she sees the evil emanating off of him, uh, unaware of like the Sith aspect. But then she compares herself after Endor to him. And so just seeing that full layout of character development um, through Santa's eyes was really unreal and it really hit pretty hard. But that was probably my take.
0: <laughs> awesome,
3: And uh, Connor? Oh uh, yeah, going off with uh, what Victoria said, I also had had that view. Um, just seeing Cyana pick up Vader when he was like in his time of weakness, <laughs> I guess. She describes him as like cold, um, she can just feel it. And also the same thing when she sees Palpatine for the first time, like walk off the ship. Cause I thought it was interesting how um, she described like the empire never actually showed him like deformed and that he was just young and healthy. And when she saw him for the first time, she felt the evil and coldness mm-hmm. I thought that was such a cool connection.
0: Yeah.
4: And uh, Liz, your thoughts on it? Um, I think one of my favorite scenes, well, just more so seeing the kind of Imperial Academy and how they work to indoctrinate people, how they work to turn the two against each other um, by sabotaging the canon and just how that causes such a huge rift between them and kind of reinforces um, their views on the empire, Thane's kind of skepticism and also Sienna's like uh, being kind of confronted with how unfair it is, but also kind of pardoning some of her views or the kind of the cognitive dissonance of like, they did this terrible thing, but I can't, I can't trust that they would do such a thing. It was really interesting.
0: Yeah, especially because she's like, yeah, they did it, but they didn't mean for it to get this bad. And you're like, but they did it. Come on. Yeah. You know? uh, <laughs>
4: exactly.
0: And uh, Pep?
1: Um, so I already mentioned it earlier, but obviously my favorite part, there's there's a couple of favorite parts because it's been a long time since I've read this and I had to like skim through it to refresh, but obviously blowing up Alderon, and then subsequently... Blowing up with the Death Star, and seeing mm-hmm. when when I, I think it was was Cyana with Barris
0: at that point. Um, were they picking up Vader
2: at that at that moment?
1: I think Thane was they still on after. the other. Yeah, station. Thane was on the
2: fake base, and yeah. she was on the ship, and they lost communication.
1: Yeah, yeah, People and so like even know what happened. The the narrative around that not knowing if. Cyan is alive, not knowing if Thane's alive, and not knowing if your friends like made it because there was, it was realistically a planet as well. And so on both sides of the spectrum, tragedy happened and people lost loved ones. And seeing that perspective when I first read it was just jarring because on screen, we're like, he blew up the Death Star. He used the Force. You're like, oh, Yay. Take that, right? <laughs> and so now you're like suddenly feeling for these characters, feeling for their loss and being empathetic and just like, wow, I can't really like, you know, at certain points when you're reading, it's like I can't really be 100% supportive of the re- of the, the rebellion or 100% in hate of the Empire. Um, but I, I guess what, my, my ultimate favorite scene would have to be the final scene uh, well not the final scene but the, the scene on Jakku when they have this mental emotional and physical fight in the bridge as the as the, was it the executor at that point was falling onto Jakku and she, he was trying to get her to escape with him and she was trying to lay down her life for the Empire and then like so much is said with little words, as she's saying, um, I, "I need to do this for my, for my sense of duty," and he's like, you, "They don't deserve you." And like that was just a hugely powerful scene, and probably like the one we deserve most to be adapted to film, like like that scene alone, and that was just breathtaking.
0: Yeah, it. Whew sorry everything you said hits me hard on a bunch of different (laughs) different levels um you know come back to the later one you know uh later but when the death star blows up and to us it's this visual spectacle it's boom it's explosion we know how they didn't know what happened all of their sensors all of their things just went quiet this thing was impossible to blow up so what's happening uh, you know, and that having that whole scene play out because it was a while before they figured out before yeah, everyone knew, yeah, what would actually happen. Uh, that, that was really cool. And then, of uh, course, Ted, the higher
2: ups knew and they wouldn't tell no. anyone under.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: It's all, all right. part of the plan.
6: <laughs> um, I, I completely agree. Just any scenes where it really humanized and added like development to the empire and it almost made you feel guilty when you're like thinking about going back and watching the originals it was like having this almost empathy for the not naive because like that's what they grew up with but like the people involved with the empire you you could see why they made the decisions they made and it just added a whole another level of emotion to that
0: era, me. Yeah. And uh, Rids, do you have any thoughts? Ridian? Uh,
8: yeah. Um, my favourite scene was the when Thane got the Mighty e- Oak Apocalypse out of the storm, I think it was. Because it, it just felt like real like Star Wars to me. Because it was like Han Solo and it was like a witty, cocky pilot and a Wookie like uh, a weird named ship and i think it was kind of cool and then when uh where, when they went that was that was fun as well when he joined the rebellion and he said he wouldn't because like he, he had so much doubt and he went from like a kid who really wanted to join the empire to then leaving and joining the rebellion which was kind of
0: yeah, because yeah, he swore up and down that he wasn't that he wasn't going to do that. Um, also, you know, just a shout out to Logara. Uh, Logara's yes. awesome. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. this is so cool. Um, but but yeah, and I love because there's there's so many places where now when we rewatch the movies, we'll see all these other little tiny connections, like, um, Cyana. Uh-huh. Being there when they capture the v Four, mm-hmm. and uh, them trying to avoid getting you know recruited to go down to Tatooine and stuff like, so that stuff is funny to me. Uh, Once Thane gets to Hoth, and he's like, "God, this place sucks," <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, and uh, him having to, you know, we get to see Dak there uh, again, and like. Uh, it just makes me, makes me smile, but, um, drunk Thane being led around the Hoth base <laughs> by a mysterious woman who turns out to be Mon Mothma mm. is, is one of my favorite parts because it that shows you... That was
2: Moncala ship though, right? Not the base. They had already retreated, if I remember correctly.
0: Oh, that's, that's right. That's yeah. why he was drunk. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, but, but, um, it shows you the difference between the two, where Mon Mothma, as the leader, cares about each individual soldier because the soldiers make up the Thing, versus the Empire, where the Thing is the Thing, and soldiers are expendable. And then that immediately made me think of um, Rebels, when Callus uh, and Zeb get trapped on the Snow Planet, and Zeb gets rescued, and Kallus gets rescued, but no one cares you know, kind of had the same, same type of vibes. But yeah, since we're talking about, like, all these uh, connections, um, real quick, let's hit the, let's hit the cameos, because we actually have a bunch of cameos uh, in here. You know, obviously, Vader, um, I loved all the, the Tarkin cameos. Um, oh, yeah,
2: I was going to bring that up because of what Ted said, because yeah. I think choosing Tarkin to be the first, like, tie to the movies was a huge deal, because he's not necessarily a bad dude. At the end of the day, he thinks what he's doing is right, at least he's no Sidious, you know? And like, he's basically the Empire's Mon Mothma at that point. He inspired those two, he, you know, and then Sienna getting to see him again, Sienna, uh, and like being like a little schoolgirl excited is just like, (laughs) it was honestly a little heartwarming, even though I know I don't like Tarkin as a person.
0: (laughs) And the fact that he remembered her oh, the kids, like, it, it was, like, a such a warm, like, grandpa-like moment, you know? And you're like, but that's Target. <laughs> yeah.
1: And he's such a
2: character, too. I like feel like Vader, at some
1: points... Sorry, go ahead.
2: Well, just, yeah, it was really quick. Like Vader, like, he commands a presence, and because of his portrayals in the movie, he's almost a caricature, so, like, you knew exactly how he was talking when you heard his voice in the book. You know, so it was just, it was nice. But that was oh. all I was going to say.
1: uh for me if, if at some at certain points and different points of the book it actually felt like we were um it was propaganda itself because um on the on the imperial side yeah we get to see like we get to put faces to troopers and faces to pilots but seeing tarkin have that interaction with them when they were young inspiring people to become pilots it's like oh you're only just seeing the good side of that guy And the good side of these people right and so it just it feels like while you're while you're experiencing their point of view and that side of the the war you're like oh crap like they are it's kind of like propaganda you're just seeing all the good on that side and so i thought that was that was pretty clever how uh claudia did that (laughs)
0: yeah and especially if you you know if you've lived it you never saw the movies and all you saw was Kind old grandpa Tarkin saved you from a fight when you were little, encouraged you just now, you're gonna love him, you're gonna love the Empire more, you know. Um, but, of, go ahead.
4: Oh, I was about to say, it kind of reminds me someone brought up Jojo Rabbit and just like, yeah, that kind of warm figure you see as a kid is like very different from the reality. Um, and yeah, just thinking of like the horrors of Tarkin doctrine and just like the idea of, yeah, we can. Uh, use the Death Star to like destroy entire planets to keep li- people in line. But if you see like the human being, it's
0: not as horrible. Anyway, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's so so good. Um, and then on, on top, you know, keep going. There is uh, like I said, my Mothma, Leia, um, also Piet, Wedge, Dak, uh, Generals Riken, and uh, Nadine. Um, how about, uh, Brooke, any uh, cameos jump out at you? Oh, you? you mentioned Wedge, but yeah.
5: Yeah, Wedge just made me really happy because um, I feel like I wanted to see him more in the movies. So it just gives like at least another little layer to his character.
0: Yeah, I feel like we need more Wedge content just in general. I love oh. the X-Wing books, but um, his parts in uh, the Aftermath trilogy are, are great and kind of sad, <laughs> but it, it ends up good for him um connor
3: um yeah i'd say the leia references um when we see her at the at the ball and then when they're talking about her when they're capturing the tantive four um i forget who said it but they're they're like sorry about your princess and um that kind of hit me because you know like from our perspective that she's doing good but then
0: she's our princess uh, yeah
3: (laughs) Yeah. exactly exactly yeah that 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 reference was um,
0: is the one that intrigued me the most. Kendi said that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, Victoria? I know the order changed. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's
7: okay. So I love Piet. I just did a five-part or four-part video <laughs> on that man, I love him. Um, so the first time we see him as a junior officer and Tarkin mentions Piet. you know, sometimes we use the snares, but oftentimes it's the lore. And so like you reading it as an adult know that he's kind of using them as a teaching tool. Like he's like, all right, little kids come to the empire, <laughs> being nice grandpa Tarkin. But seeing that kind of manifest within Piet's personal character development later, and he's always a pleaser. He's not the Imperial that's like undermining people. He's the one that's like, I'm gonna do my job and I'm doing it well. And so I I don't know, I I loved that cameo because it does kind of expand upon him just a little bit. And like, I mean, his character was designed for you to begin to start having empathy for the Empire, like initially in the original trilogy, because you're like, Piet's not a bad guy. And so um, just seeing that kind of manifest in a larger scale was really, really beautiful. Um, so that cameo was really powerful to me. But the ship cameos were really also mm-hmm. powerful. Um, so moving in uh, Sayana's journey from the Devastator to the Executor and then to her own ship, the Inflictor, I was like, wow. You know, like the Inflictor, you, you hear, you know, Devastator create devastation. You hear Executor n- <laughs> and then Inflictor. That's a little bit more imposing, like something was imposed unwelcome you know like something imposed on you in a way and so i think that it kind of showcases how the empire was imposed on her and so i don't know i really liked the ship cameos and then the creating of the the inflictor and then in your beautiful background seeing the inflictor there
2: yeah yeah i hate to interrupt but i i love that as well because like in force awakens it's just a set piece and you're looking at it and you know there's a story and then when you read this book at the end you get the story of the inflictor and what happened and it's way more than you thought it would be just watching Force Awakens. Mm
0: -hmm. I I mean I feel the moisture in the back of my my eyes anytime I think of the scene of you know Thane Uh, especially because way way back in the school they asked hey if you had to if the enemies had basically one, we, we need to, to scuttle this, how would you do it? And she's like, the captain's uh, word message and that requires the captain goes down with the ship, and then that just just billows through. And, uh, yeah, it, it gets me in the back. I was just thinking of Thane on the outside of that door, yeah. knowing she's in there trying to get in.
6: Whew. Anyways, uh, uh, Ted? Um, I think the cameo that most sort of I was most aware of and like think about it like took a toll on me. it was uh, watching Tarkin like act like that was almost really uncomfortable <laughs> like I was like I don't know it was you wanted to sort of like see him as this nice sort of like granddad type guy but when you knew who he was and then like it was just so uncomfortable <laughs> Yeah, and
0: uh, story. I know you didn't finish, but you, I know you got you got bits of it. Any uh, of those canyons?
9: I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't. I didn't have a chance. I got like through the prologue, and then that was it. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry. I wanted to team. read it so bad, but I had already. It's like the third week of school, and I already had a test. I have another test next week. It's it's a lot. I'll read the next one. I promise.
0: Yeah, no worries. Well, we're st- still happy to have you here. Can um, I switch around? But uh, but, uh, Ridian, your uh, favorite cameo?
8: Uh, Piet. I I just <laughs> like I I I've heard his name before, but I haven't really like. I didn't really know that it was the guy in like the movies, and then I went to watch Empire Strikes Back because it was in cinema for some, I don't know, uh, 40th anniversary. And then I was like, wait, that's the guy in the book. And, and it was kind of cool. Cause he, Cause he was like, does, he wasn't, he, yeah, he wasn't like somebody said like a bad guy. He was, he was a nice, he was kind of like a nice person. Like, like, he was fighting a bad war, but he was like a good guy. And yeah. like, <laughs> he needs his own book.
0: <laughs>
2: oh yeah! Wow. I'd, I'd read
0: a Piet book. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah! I've never even considered that, but definitely. Um, it, and it's cool because you can you can feel like the characters of this book are just off screen. You know what I mean? Like they're just off screen when you watch the movie, but they're right there. Um,
2: uh, but yeah,
0: I mean, we talked about the cameos. Let's let's jump into our. Yeah, we can't
2: we can't uh, forget no. Admiral Ackbar. Admiral Akbar. Oh, he yeah. Leave him out. <laughs> he was there. As that well as how uncomfy
0: it here. is to be on a Moncala ship because no yeah. one
2: talks about that. And oh. it gave, I'll, I'll, I'll give one thing, it gave so much weight to like Moncala, like put their navy towards the rebellion. You know, they put so many resources. And then it, it turns that moment that to us is a meme, you know, it's a trap and then they blow up. It gives, actually gives it weight because Thane was on that ship for a bit, he lived on that ship. And then the Death Star turns its lasers on it, and it blows the whole thing up in the middle of a battle. And you actually feel some weight instead of it kind of being a meme like it yeah. is to us. And so uh, I have
1: one cameo to add, and it's 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 lighter in heart and nature. Uh, just when Thane's in the rebellion and they're fighting the Battle of Hoth, and you see him, you know, doing his piloting stuff and he being an awesome pilot, then you hear out of the comlink. He just took one down with the tow cable. And I'm like, fucking Luke. Sorry (laughs) sorry for cursing, parting my French. But like, you knew that was Luke. And he had just inspired so many more pilots to be like, we can do this Mm -hmm. with the tow cables. That was an awesome cameo.
0: And then like, oh, yeah, I know, because the joints are weak and stuff. And like, yeah, it just adds to it. Uh, yeah. Victoria- he
1: knew, right? He knew the the weaknesses of these things and yeah. was like providing his, his little take on it uh, coming from where he was. But like, Luke, he's like, I got this.
7: So this is not a lighthearted cameo. It's Kendall Ozzel. We all know how I feel about Kendall Ozzle. But when... Sienna uh, C- makes him just like a footnote, like oh, he's not there anymore, okay, <laughs> like I just love that <laughs> like she calls him Captain p at that time at a time um on the timeline that he would have already been promoted to admiral, and then he corrects her at, at in a later scene, and I just lost my mind. It was so funny to me, <laughs> which is so good.
6: What, <laughs>
0: where you you knew he held on to that for a long time and he's like, when I see her, I yeah. will correct her. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, well, uh, let's uh, try to think. Uh, oh, just a, a couple other you know notable things that, um, not cameos that kind of applied to before the connections, but we also have Thane was the one that found Dakar, which will become a re- resistance base in the future. Mm-hmm. Right, That's a place that they were looking at, so that was cool, um, as well as the how the trap for the second Death Star was laid out, how they let a pilot go, and also that, that scene hits me in the feels, especially after the Hoth, where he realizes Cyan could be in any of these ships, and that future scene. Whew. But yeah, on that topic, let's get to our main characters, their relationship— uh their their whole thing um, and just your, our feelings about them how they, they grew up together and their relationship overall and why they are my favorite Star Wars ship um I think they people in Star Wars don't usually have healthy relationships. Yeah <laughs> that I think yeah. That. um I'm gonna start with uh, Connor on this one actually um
3: well I think it was it was perfect it was it's almost like I guess they talk about it like the force was bringing them together and it's like, they always somehow ended up together, whether it was um, on the last ship um, back at Jellucan. I thought it was perfect because you always knew they were going to end up somehow um, in the end. And uh, that last scene was just perfect.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, go to uh, Ted.
6: Uh, yeah. It's just, i um... We've like we've seen loads of relationships in like nearly every Star Wars film, but I've not read any of the books. But um, it was nice to see someone that felt like so organic and believable, and it was just while reading it, I was almost like rooting for them. And it's different to how I felt about like Anakin and Padme or Han and Leia and stuff. In the sense that I, I was, it really like confused about where it would go and like not really sure but it felt really natural and organic and I thought it was really well written.
0: Yeah. Especially when there are kids at the academy and then they're separated a little bit and then you know, things like, oh damn, I never noticed this before. <laughs> like oh yeah. You
2: know, yeah. That's um, the that paneled out in the manga is so good I took pictures of it.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh Brooke?
5: Um uh... I thought it was kind of funny, like reading the first part of the book where they're like growing up and then going through the academy. I feel like you could almost like put them in like a high school, like romantic comedy and it would kind of like fit those tropes the way like the story goes. But then it once they leave and graduate, it kind of very like diverts from that. So I was happy to see because I was like, I wasn't sure where the story was going reading like up through those parts. Um, and then so it really takes off I thought it was really interesting that they were like there's a reason that we like gave you all of this backstory on their characters and the relationship so I thought that
0: was cool yeah and how that backstory really does draw a through line throughout you know their entire lives of, especially with uh, Sienna's uh, loyalty um, Justin
2: oh boy I could talk about their relationship for hours you couldn't <laughs> It's so like somebody used the word organic, it's really good, you know. And somebody else said, you know, it could be a romantic comedy in the beginning. And it's like, it's all, but all of it, instead of getting mad at either of them, sometimes I got mad at them, but only for like two seconds because every single choice they made, even if it was a bad one, you could relate to. Uh, And just the way they grew so close that you know, I don't know, someone mentioned Hoth, like, when she knew it was him, just by the way he flew between the thing's legs, (laughs) it's, it really, it really hits, because it's like, yeah, when you know someone that good, and, you know, early on, when they're, like, both in denial, it's easy to get frustrated with something like that, but especially with Thane, I related to him a lot, like, he was kind of spitefully not admitting that he loved her, because of all, because of the classism back where he came from like he didn't want to take pity on her he didn't want to be her white knight he wanted to support her as a woman and a officer of the empire and then they he realized he could do that and love her in the moments when you know they the death star blew up and they thought each other was dead they were like no i can't live with we can't live without each other and you know that's when they kind of made their relationship official but that's when everything fell apart for kind of both of them and no. so we follow that and i don't know
0: that's all I'll say for now. Like, like I said, I could <laughs> talk about this for hours. Uh, and uh, Liz? Uh, she might be disconnecting. <laughs> Let's go to uh, Victoria.
7: I, yeah, as Ted mentioned, um, they were uh, kind of-
4: I think one of the most heartbreaking. No. <laughs> Tell me
0: <laughs> Sorry, Liz, you're, you're cutting in and out.
4: Hey, no. Okay. Can you hear me now?
0: Uh, yes. Yes.
4: Okay. So I'll try to make this short because my internet's bad. Um, I think the most refreshing but also really heartbreaking part is that end scene. I feel like we really rarely get to see characters reconcile, but like Luke and Vader and, and Ben and Ray, it's always like someone dies before they really get to grapple with them being on opposite sides Um, and it's it's really heartbreaking seeing like kind of the scene with the jail at the very end Um, but it's really nice that they addressed that and kind of gave us finally what that looks like um, moving forward in that relationship
0: yeah definitely (laughs) and uh victoria
7: i was just gonna comment on how yes it was very organic but it wasn't easy and I, I appreciated that um, that it was it feels natural yet the same time there was a lot of friction um, caused by a number of things on a number of different facets on a number of different levels so I really appreciated that um, and I thought it made for a complex really good relationship. I want to say other than that <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> um, and uh, Ritz.
8: Um, I found it really funny how they were like, oh, this is the last time we're going to see you, and then they see them, like, a year later, and they did it for, like, five times. <laughs> and I, I kind of hope Nash would go with Cyanor at the end. I don't know why, because, like, he was there the whole time. He was always, like, he was always loyal, and then, like, like Thane, although, like, he didn't always have a choice. Like, Thane would, like, leave and, like, come back, but then Nash was, like, like always though like the imperial academies and stuff i i don't know why it's I, that's just that's just my favorite
0: mm-hmm. that's an interesting take i haven't thought of that before but uh, i i like it and uh, uh pep
1: um i mean echoing a lot of what everyone has already said seeing them grow up together having that kind of dynamic throughout the academy um seeing them around friends who's like egging each other on. He's like, wow, Thane looks good today, right? And and then Cyanna's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't see him that way. And then on the opposite side, um, Thane kind of like, I guess uh, that that ball that they went to, mm-hmm. he was just like awestruck with seeing Cyanna in that way. And just <laughs> that that whole relationship growing from there constantly um constantly acknowledging that they have something they have a connection they can't do anything about it because of the the empire and then when they do something about it things go way downhill and they're on opposite sides and they're they're still in this like quasi-relationship except now they're both looking for, out for each other on the field of battle and like trying to contend with doing their duty, killing the enemy, but also like not like hoping they're not going to see each other and take each other out or, or like one kill the other. Um And I liked how there was like uh, a lot of like, uh, Wandering thoughts of like maybe it would be best to be taken out by By them like mm. dying in that way Um And a lot of the a lot of the relationship Kind of had Fragmented concepts of Romeo and Julia and that was tragic in and of itself Um So I agree with you it is probably one of my favorite Ships in Star oh. Wars as well
0: it, Yeah I mean the the big thing is that they loved each other before they knew what love was and as things progressed you know obviously things fell apart they had different goals or headed in different directions timing was bad uh <laughs> but overall they still they still showed that love and you know when Thane shows up while Sayana's mom is on trial um whew. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it hits me. Uh, yeah, that was that was relationship goals right there. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: I'll extrapolate on that moment because that's what I've been thinking this whole time. That moment really encapsulates because they fly together. That was their connection from the beginning, flying together. And then they go to their special cave and they start arguing because they're on different sides of this war. She's mad at him, he's mad at her. But then, you know, it just devolves into a loving embrace and it, it basically, they both told each other, I hate what you're doing, but I'll always love you. And, you know, like you just said, that's a relationship goal, you know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Onion, onions, Brandon? <laughs> <laughs> um, did, did I did I miss anyone? I, I apologize. Whenever someone's connection cuts in and out, you shift spots in, in my thing. So it's hard, <laughs> hard to keep track of, but did I miss anyone?
1: Uh, Ted, maybe, I think.
6: Uh, no, I'm I'm first, I think.
0: Okay, perfect. Oh. Perfect. Uh, uh question. I have a question for everyone, right? And I I understand that uh especially re rereading this book right now, there's a bunch of funny things to me, like they're in Corona Squad. And like, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I didn't even think. There's like I don't know, just a bunch of like things that make me chuckle. Um and obviously this you know, is, is, is not uh, a political discussion, um, but there are ramifications in the story that kind of make you question things of, um, you know, how far is just is, is too far. Like we know that, you know, destroying Alderon is a bad thing, but, you know, if you live here in the US, we dropped atomic bombs on Japan. Is that is that okay is that you know aren't those two things similar um and uh before you start i actually really love what Kendi says you know because thane s- still loves Sayana and it's like shocked that she hasn't come and joined uh and you know thane tells her like hey we were all at the academy together good people they're good people they're serving the empire And then I'll read the quote. Kendi says, good people can start serving the empire, but if they stay, they stop being good people. You do one thing you thought you'd never do, follow one order that makes you feel sick inside, and you tell yourself, this is the only time. This is an exception. This isn't the way it's going to be, but you keep going. You make one more compromise than another, and by the time you realize what the empire really is, you're almost too far down that road to turn back. And, yeah, you know, it gave me you know, some 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 goosebumps. <laughs> that makes me think about
1: a uh, quote that the new Avengers game actually came out with uh, Kamala. Mm-hmm. Um, hears from her dad, good isn't a thing you are, it's a thing you do.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. Anyone plays Avengers? I'll play with you. So uh, on, I play on PS4, uh, but that's that's besides the point. Um, but yeah, thoughts on you know is is the Empire truly bad, or is it just run by bad people? Can good people serve the Empire? You know, just <laughs> hopefully we don't get heated here. But I, I'm curious on your guys's uh, your guys's thoughts. And uh, this one, I will start with. Um, start with Brooke.
5: Okay. Um, I I also like that quote that Kendi says and I kind of agree with it to an extent. Um, I found myself kind of relating to Thane a lot throughout the book um, just because I kind of talked about it earlier about how you could be calm like a product of your environment. So he grew up in the time of the Empire. He went to school to be in the empire, um, like working for the empire, um, but he was able to like see through the, cra- the cracks in the glass um, mm-hmm. and was able to like come out on the other side doing what he thought was best after he saw like what really was going on. Um, so I kind of related to that, just growing up in like a more kind of conservative area. Um, it's hard to see through that when you've never seen What else there is i guess um so i thought that was kind of an interesting thing that i took away from that so i think i agree with that quote that you can Mm -hmm. see through it and you know get out of it Um, you can still i guess be considered good but then if you decide to stick with it um, but it's also hard because i don't necessarily see cyana as bad either (laughs) so it's it's tough to to make that decision yeah
0: and uh sorry i know you haven't read the book but based off the quote i just said how, how do you think if uh if what you're serving is bad can you serve it and still be good
9: i mean that's a really tough question i find it kind of difficult to like um not think about the real world <laughs> when, I, yeah. when you ask a question like that because um, you know speaking in Star Wars terms like we all know that I, I do the whole I'm a Sith Lord type thing and like a lot of people want to you know resonate with the Empire and they don't really think about like what that really means and what the Empire has done um, and there's you know there's a lot of comparisons to what's going on in the real world especially like um like you said, the US drops the bombs on Japan, like that's a, you know, especially with World War II, there's a lot of comparisons there, um, uh, but I think, uh, like the second part of the question, um, I, I think this is kind of something I talk about a lot with politics, um, and I think it's really unfair to sit here and judge someone for, like Brooke said, there are people who grew up only knowing that, um, And so, yeah, I totally think there's good people on all sides, and there's a lot of people who just haven't been exposed to the right information or, you know, the whole picture. So, yeah, absolutely.
0: Very good. Uh, And uh, Pep? Um,
1: I think one one of my favorite, actually, no, the most... Favorite thing about this book And I guess what I love about Claudia Gray Is that your moral compass is going Like this the entire time Um, And so in order to reconcile With that that with my own Moral compass I kind of like Dilute it into Like um, Larger abstract Concepts and so I mean the machine Of the empire Led by the emperor is evil but there are good people in it who have good intentions and they're just like following orders and the tragedy that that comes with every war is that there are people on both sides who are fighting for what they believe in doing their jobs following orders and those people die in the line of duty. And it's and it's difficult to kind of proselytize about individuals have the right of it or if like either side is on the right of it. So um I think to answer your question, um the abstract concept of the empire is evil, um, but the people of the galaxy contending with their environments and how to and how to live their lives are good people.
0: Yeah i mean those damn rebels killed jude and like yeah i, I loved jude so much <laughs> i did <yeah. laughs> um uh, victoria you're muted
7: yeah. okay so i think the quotes that you both shared really um encapsulate really what i better than what i could say Um, But there is something that this book reminded me of when I was reading it, because I was uh, currently, I'm I'm currently doing research on swing dance. We've mentioned, we've talked about swing dance before, but um, there is a, there's a movie and it's called swing kids and
0: such a good movie.
7: It is such a good movie. And Arvid um, is really weighed down with being a part of something evil. And he, he mentions um, before his death that he doesn't want to be a part of it anymore. He doesn't want to be a part of it anymore. And they, you know, ask him to elaborate. And he says, just because you're not doing it doesn't mean you're not a part of it. And so what I would say to this question, um, and what I, I, I had to take breaks during this book, I, I must admit, <laughs> I had to press pause, turn on some Fleetwood Mac, take a deep <laughs> breath. <laughs> and then come back but um i i would say to this is um who's benefiting from the way that you're living your life so if you i don't think good is a, a blank term. i think you can be good on certain levels and facets um and be bad on certain levels and facets so i don't think it's a condition that is either or um um so i, I would is benefiting from the way you're living your life who is um like every choice made who benefited from that. And, and so I think Mm -hmm. that there's a lot to be said about, um, um, being a good person that is conditionally choosing bad benefit. And, um, maybe I I don't think good people and bad people exist. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe that's a bigger question than I'm ready for, Um, but I, I guess really, I don't think good and bad, um, inherently is a blanket term because you need to think each decision, each action, each portrayal, each thought, like how, how is the way you're thinking? Who is that benefiting? Like, is it um, contributing to the oppression or the disenfranchisement of another person? You know, even just the way you think. So um, I I don't know. There's a lot to be said about the, there's no in good or bad, Um, though it would be incredibly amazing if we, if we had the evil people look like this and (laughs) like, you know, like they have like the empire cape going, ha ha ha, I'm evil. Like that would be great. And the good people were wearing this Glinda the good witch, you know, like (laughs) it would be great if it could be like, I don't think that um, good and bad can be compartmentalized as easily. Um, but to the Kendi quote, something that my mom might always say when I was growing up is, it's like hedges. You know, you're you're cutting down more and more hedges, and what can be, what what is seeing in? What what can you see out? Um, so like if your hedge is built and you start cutting little by little by little, um, you're you're exposed and you're exposing bad. Um, and so I don't know. I, I think. I would say I don't think there's an inherent blanket term for good. If you're
0: making okay.
7: decisions that don't uh, contribute to the betterment of others.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Plato's allegory of the cave comes to mind. From, from That's what I was thinking while, while you were talking, but uh, mm-hmm. awesome. I, I, I love it. Um, Liz?
4: Um, I think, yeah, I think... One of the most stunning things about the book is just seeing Sienna justify all of the things that happened first. What at the academy with the the cannons and then later um, Alderaan, of course, which is huge, but then also her mom being on trial. Um, And it becomes, yeah, I, I just you see that today in politics, how people, the worse and worse it gets, the more people work to justify and really get entrenched in their positions. Um, so I, I thought that was really interesting, um, and I, yeah, I agree with the quote in that, yeah, she kept getting exposed to the reality of the empire, um, but she kept denying it um, because it, it what she, and I understand coming from her background, loyalty is so prized, but it's very frustrating just seeing that again and again, yeah. the rationalization
0: yeah as well as the, the juxtaposition between her position and nash's position where nash for nash it was i have nothing left but the empire so they better be right <laughs> you know <laughs> if if everyone on my planet died and we lose they all died for nothing and whew, yeah yeah there's That's some a-
1: that's a really like interesting metamorphosis too, going from seeing him grieve and mourn and being like stoic and just detached from everything until and then later when he's just like the consummate freaking imperial pilot and just telling Zyanna get on with life and kill rebels you know that was
0: um epiphany i guess yeah get money kill rebels you know
3: (laughs) uh connor um yeah going off what has been said previously there's levels to this and depending on your perspective both the rebellion or the empire could be bad like um i'm reading the first aftermath book right now and i remember there's a scene where um it's like the new republic and there's this protester protesting the new republic because the empire left his planet and there's like no f- clean food water and there's like uh there's like bandits like taking over the whole town and there's like they're oppressed now and one of the things that the empire did was create order and depending on how you view that order is it's like tyrannical or whatever but like he talked about like there's no food no water and we need help so there's it just makes you think that there's different levels and perspectives to the bad and good guys
7: yeah like that's like the vader dark visions comic where um i think it's dark visions where he saves that planet from that monster and so they view him as this shining knight of like you <laughs> saved my planet you know it's like interest. it's very interesting connor mm-hmm.
0: sorry Definitely yeah it's it's all a matter of perspective
6: uh ted uh yeah um i think when you look at people's like decision making and stuff i think one of the important things you have to realize is like everyone's sort of the hero of their own story and most times when you're making a decision like you may not be thinking it consciously but subconsciously nine times out of ten you'll make the decision that benefits you as a person and if if I was living in that like an empire um, uh, era, and I would had to make a decision about joining the empire to keep my family safe or to like ensure like the people around me were safe, I think that would be a no-brainer in terms of I'd it would be difficult to live with the consequences of being on the side that you know have destroyed a planet or done bad things, but when you come down to the more important things, it's hard to see why you would choose another option when faced with that, how difficult of a choice is they have to make. And it's the same on the other side, I think, with the resistance and uh, the rebel, sorry. yeah. So everybody's the hero of their own story is what I'd sort of base their decision-making on.
0: Yeah, it's like, how do you turn your back on everything that you have ever known? You know, it's, it's, it's tough, but Yeah, and that's what I love about Star Wars is, on the surface, it's a power fantasy about good and evil. And once you go past that first layer, you're like, oh no, this is really complex. It's like onions. It's, it's got layers, and uh, the more you cut, the more you cry. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, uh, Riz, uh, your thoughts on it?
8: Uh, to answer your question, if like the empire is good or bad, I think it's like half and half. Because like the people who have more authority, like the people in charge, are like most likely to be a bit evil. But then like the people, who, like the majority of people who don't have as much charge, like who aren't as char- in as as much charge, like are like the majority of them are good. Like a lot of the Imperials that we've seen have I like have been maybe a bit like evil or naive on the outside, like in the inside they're like good, like Kallus and like Pierre and uh Syanna and all all like all the characters in the book, like all the kids who grew up in the Academy, but they were all good. They thought they were fighting a good war and they thought they were part of something good. And I think Yeah, I think they were I think like that they were fighting a bad war But then they were they were good people who like but the longer they stay in it the more They turn evil like Nash
0: Yeah, it's That's a really good point because what it breaks down to is who decides what is good. Uh, Everything Cyan did was good to the empire. (laughs) You know, who, who, who decides and, um, and, and it comes down to the morality of whether or not, your thoughts on good should be imposed on, on others. And it's I, I know it's, it's deep, and, and it really comes down... Well, sorry, I, I won't yeah, go on. Uh, J- Justin, uh, last but certainly not least.
2: This one's rough. And like Ms. Uh, or somebody said, it's hard to not put it into real-world terms, but I'll try. Uh, I was going to bring up that quote if you weren't, because it was really good. <laughs> and but it's, you know, it has, it's hard to agree with it 100%, you know, because Fane stood by while a planet blew up. He didn't decide to uh, desert until he saw slavery taking place on a planet. You know, we're more than the sum of our bad decisions, you know, and that's, you know, how many missions did Finn stand by and not try and stop before he was given an order that he felt like he didn't want to do because it felt wrong. You know, we, at the end of Fallen Order, without spoilers, you know, and this is something, this is a recurring theme in Star Wars in general. It's like we, the darkness is always there. We choose to fight it or, or feed it every day, you know. Yeah. And Fane chose to fight it. And technically so did Sienna. And you know, near the end of the book, when she's still serving the empire, even after the second Death Star blew up, even after the empire's technically on its last limbs, and she could have ran away, she chose to stay to try and be the good within that evil machine, like like Pep said, and it it wore her down, you know it's it instead of turning her evil like the like the dark side does to some people, it made her lose her will to live, you know. And Thane was the only light that came in and saved her from that because he chose to serve the light. So, but knew that she was still good deep down. Uh, so, yeah, I, I could pontificate for a while, but that that's been, you know, that final bit. And it was, yeah, this this is what definitely what I would want to say. That final bit where Sienna is still, you know, she's trying to do good still in the empire that's wearing her down, you know, I wanted to be mad at her, but every time I tried I could only for about a few (laughs) seconds because everyone, everyone reading this book would want to think that they're Thane, including me, I identify with him, but there are several situations where I couldn't honestly tell you that I wouldn't be in Sienna's shoes, you know, depending upon, you know, if real world stuff, real world stuff has happened in this country that is comparable Well, in this country, in the U.S., I know some people this call in the U.S., but you know, in this world, at different times in history, so
0: yeah, it, and that's that's the hardest part about any of this—the this stuff, fictional or real world—is, and it's the beauty of this book is you don't. I it's I never thought about this until it affected someone I care about, whether it's a fictional character or someone else, whether it's, you know, I was happy that the Death Star was blown up until I found out that Jude died on it. Um, it or if it is, you know, in Sienna's case, where I think she's, obviously, when, you know, I'm, I'm quoting, um, she's talking about Sienna, <laughs> the the thing I'm, I'm quoting, but Sienna wasn't directly affected until her mom was on the chopping block and she was too far down the rabbit hole at that time and it's after that happens that she's starting to lose you know this this will to live like it's it's crazy, I, it's, it's crazy.
1: So you, I, gotta juggle, you gotta juggle between which moral authority you're going to you know submit to is it the authority that of the Empire? Is it your own moral authority? Is it the Force? Like, What are you, you going to do?
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and that's exactly what Sayana says, is I have oaths of loyalty to multiple things, but if there's a conflict, you have to decide who you're going to be loyal to. She uh, chose Thane all the time <laughs> over everything else, but until the you
2: end. Versus she wouldn't her go fame. with Thane, yeah. Until the end, she didn't choose Thane because she was too broken down. Yeah. And that just hit me like a ton of bricks and I'm about to cry, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and that scene, to me, signifies her realizing how big of a part she's played in this evil machine and not feeling like she's worth redemption. But Star Wars is a story of redemption and Thane... Thane knows this like yes come on just do it but you know giving her background and how she feels about honor her honor is irrevocably tarnished in her own eyes like she to her she has nothing anymore I I don't know I I mean while we're on the subject just straight up just Cyanna is 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 she a lost cause? Is she is she evil? Um, I, I'm just <laughs> you know because I loved her at the start of the book, and then you you see more things. And a part that really hit me is when she goes back to the ISB agent, and he's like, "So was justice served?" Uh. I won't say any more. I'll, I'll, I'll let you yeah. guys kind of, kind, of, kind of talk about it. Um, uh, so and we'll start with Pep. Um, just Cyan overall, overall start to finish.
1: Um, I, I like. I think I I loved her character throughout the entire book, um, and that's not to say I, I loved her decisions, but just the way the character was written in in general. Just that that innocence that that shining beacon of innocence all the way to her kind of like within her career in the empire okay. all the way through her you know internal struggle between loyalties and then at the end of almost at the end of her rope or at the end of the her the line where she kind of gave up um or was kind of she relegated her t- herself to just kind of giving her life to the empire instead of you know um going through this constant battle uh that that was ravaging her her soul um and so i love every inch of every line that was written for cyana just because it was so complex and so dynamic that you oftentimes had your own personal feelings about what she should do but then you were empathetic to why she was doing the things she was doing and never once did i hate her never once did i was was i like oh that was a stupid decision um i love i love claudia gray because like (laughs) the way she was written is is um I don't know how many times I'm going to repeat it in like three di- in, in different forms, but you're always, you're always within that character yourself. And you're always seeing their decisions and just, you're not judging them. Mm-hmm. You're understanding everything about that character. And that's what I loved about Cyanas, and her struggle.
0: That's- yeah, it was fantastic. Um, and then also, I'll, I'll give you uh, another second because I also want to add a caveat uh, to everyone. Because Cyan, when Siana was born, she had a twin sister that died a couple hours afterwards. And, you, you know, if, if uh, the password to get into this was look through my eyes, just uh, the first letters of each one. Um I don't know if you guys noticed that. <laughs> but, oh Jesus. Um you know she she's living her her life for for two people and I I'm curious if uh your thoughts on how she feels about her you know um departed sister uh how that may play into this and uh if that changes anything. So uh Pep if you want to expand that's cool if not we'll
1: <laughs> Um I'll, I'll say a few things and let 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 everyone else speak. I I, I just thought that was a brilliant kind of. Uh, um, I wouldn't say like side piece, but it was a brilliant um, addition to Sienna's character because throughout the entire book, there's this there's this struggle within her, but you often you often when you're reading, you're often kind of like thinking. Is this struggle wholly Sienna's or is it her sister? Like the, the small part of her that she's attached to, the, that braided um, bracelet that she always held, held even though it wasn't regulation, this small part of Sienna that, that is with her throughout the entirety of the book onto that, you know, captain's word passphrase it's like a, a, it's a it's a mind blowing thing to think about that throughout the entire um, the entirety of the narrative is whether or not or how much of her sister still lives within her and how much of her sister is driving that struggle like come back come back to me come back to me because I'm looking through your eyes and I don't like what's going on so come back and then that's when the struggle happens with, within Sayana.
0: yeah I I also I think it's important because. It was a twin, so that represents herself. If she is she no longer being true to herself? Um, yeah, but uh, uh, Victoria, if you wouldn't mind going next.
7: Yeah, I like, um, I really enjoyed the juxtaposition on the note of um, her sister. Um, I like the juxtaposition between Thane and Santa because Thane, in a way, had. Um, an intersection of privilege with financial privilege. But number two, he had the privilege, he lived for himself. And Sienna was always living for others. And so, you know, back to the morality question, when we are living for ourselves, we can make those risky decisions. We can make those decisions where we're like, yeah, this is my morality and my decision. So, you know, we see Thane, But then when Sienna is like, look, through my eyes, use me as a vessel. Um, She's a vessel for a lot of people. Um, She's also living for us in a lot of ways. Um, And, you know, that's played out in, you know, her service to the empire, but in her family. um, And when that cord breaks, and she's forced to live with herself, she's also forced to confront her own morality instead of the morality of others or living for others. And so I thought that was really powerful. Um, that, that was the moment that brought me to tears because it's like when you live for yourself, what decision would you make? I, I guarantee like all of us have something we're living for other than ourselves. But if we only had ourselves left, what decisions would you make differently? And that just like really, it confronted me um, really uh, haltingly. And so I think that was a really beautiful uh, juxtaposition between Thane and Cyana. but yeah. I'm gonna say. Oof.
0: Sorry. What, what you, you just said, just, just hit me yeah. like a hammer. Cause all of a sudden two thoughts just popped into my mind. One, when Cyanna thought she was going to get failed out of the Academy with, um, I thought she was like, okay, well then I guess, cause I can't go home. I guess I'll just start a new life. Like that's always been part of her of, She's still living for her parents at that moment, saying, if this doesn't work out, I can't go home because I would bring shame upon them. And then it also brought me back to it's a, a like a throwaway moment um, after Thane and Sayana have are fighting and they're separated. And now they're like apart from one another. The teacher is asking them about um, a, an opera. Mm-hmm. Um and siana doesn't, doesn't know about operas, so she doesn't can't remember the theme of it. Thane raises her hand and shares the theme. And the theme is uh it's the, the morality of self-sacrifice and the repression of desire. And the, the fact that she like rereading it and reading that part, I was like, oh damn, they already told us the end. Uh <laughs> But yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, I, I I digress. Ah! <laughs> so so Rids, I'm sorry, I gave you so much. We have Sayana as a whole, her being good and bad. We have the introduction of of her sister, and um, and all that. Uh, what what are your thoughts?
8: Um, I I really liked Sayana, but like she was so innocent for like the first half of the book, and then like she slowly. like, still good, like, she was still a nice person, but she was, like, she went to more extreme levels as the Empire grew smaller and smaller and I loved that she had, I loved, like, I I didn't think she'd go that far to, like, physically, like, hit Thane or, like, punch Thane Mm -hmm. to, to, like, to do what she thought was right. And, like, yeah, and also I I thought it was, like, really, like, kind of cool and original how she had, like, the Uh, like his sister like looking through her eyes and stuff and I liked how Thane did it then because when he thought she was dead so I think that like tied in with the start of the book a lot but I don't like why she was friends don't like don't like the fact that she was friends with somebody called Barris
6: (laughs) (laughs) oh no I didn't
2: frick (laughs) you can never trust same Barris (laughs) we <laughs> don't know what happened to her, right? <laughs> we, we we do <laughs> not.
0: But um, yeah, uh, this same question to, uh, to Justin.
2: Oh, boy. So talking about that, like, this realization came flooding to mind. But I'll answer the broad question. I like her a lot. And like I said, I identified with Thane more. And so, like, her side of the conflict was always the other side to me, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but I could always sympathize with it like Pep said. Like, I could never call her completely wrong. I could disagree, but I always saw why, you know, and so, and her, like, what's the word I'm looking for, her, like, drive to be better, to go to the top, when she was the one from humble beginnings, not him, you know, she was from much humbler beginnings, and people, you know, would have said, oh, it's because that, uh, late-worlder, I forgot what they called it, the second waiver, there we go, second (laughs) waiver helped you with all, with his fancy ship and stuff, but it was all her, her hard work, her wit, her determination, you know, and I respect that about her a lot. And then about the, you know, morality thing and the, and the bracelet, It it, (laughs) her culture's ties of honor started with family and then moved on to the what you were serving, you know. They were there because they chose to serve a king that got exiled, so they got exiled, you know. Uh, And that's, like, the baseline. But family is always first, because when your family gets accused of something, you have to stand by, and they they established that early. Something happened, and she was standing by and was going to be late to flying practice if someone didn't take her post, right? And, And they established early on that the Empire wanted you to cut ties with where you're from. They wanted you to become, the Empire's your new family now. And that's how machines like the Empire get good people to do bad things. They take away your humanity at the end of the day, you know? Uh, And with that situation you mentioned, where, you know, was justice served? And she had to say yes, because her parent, her dad told her to, if I remember correctly. That family tie that's more important than anything, one of those got cut right there she cut it. And Thane, uh, she had a familiar tie to them because she was in love with him, you know. And all so many cultures, so many religions say when you like come together like that, you're one, you know. And that's, and the book definitely said they acted like one, especially when they were flying together. And the bracelet was another family tie that she broke the rules. She didn't break any rules. She was a perfect imperial. She broke the rules to have that bracelet. And when she got in that wreck this like when we were talking about this I remembered when she got in that wreck they took it away and that was the empire taking away that last fa- familia tie ta- fa- family tie from her and that's why she got so broken that was one of the reasons she got so broken down near the end of the book and lost the will to live but then Thane was that last tie, and he knew that that I'm going to cry. Anyway, I told myself I wouldn't cry, but whatever. (laughs) He knew that even taking that bracelet away, like it may have cut the tie, but there was a string left and she made her password look through my eyes because she was still in there and those family bonds were still there. And that bond with him was still there. And because of their bond, he knew about that phrase. The only other person, I think, no one else Mm -hmm. would she tell about that. And that's what saved her at the end of the day, that last everlasting tie with Thane, you know, that he he wouldn't let go of her, and yeah. Sorry, that's that's me. I'm gonna cry. Now. No, that's, <laughs> someone else gets off. Okay. It's it's powerful because yeah. it it really
0: goes to say that to be part of the empire, they know that they have to drown every part of you that is you, <laughs> so that only your devotion to them is left.
2: And they were successful with uh, most of them. With sorry, I, I forgot his first name. Windwire Nash, yeah, Nash. They were successful with Nash and not successful with her. He was a dark mirror, you know, because they took everything from him, and that could have been her, and she could have been Nash if it was her planet that got blown up. Dang, uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, yeah, like I said, there's there's layers. Yeah. Uh, Brooke,
5: <laughs> um, to echo what a lot of people have said already, I think Cyan is definition of honor and how she grew up viewing it definitely drove her choices and how her story went I think it really started with kind of the promise she made to her sister um, that she would always like live her life like kind of like Victoria said for other people like for her family for her sister Um, so I think That kind of drove her through her story in the empire and I think kind of helped her I guess to justify what the empire was doing because I don't think she was blind to it I think she recognized that things were not always good Um, but because of her ties to her honor um, she could justify it in that way that she didn't want to feel like a failure if she were to leave or disagree with something that was done Um, and then we see like in the very end I feel like she's just been like worn down by not only the empire but also just by like her own like inner turmoil of I have to stay with this no matter what because that is like what my honor is telling me to do otherwise I'm a failure um, which I thought was really powerful Um, and even like growing up it was clear that her and Thane grew up very differently, so I'm sure oftentimes, Cyanna and her family didn't have anything but their honor, or with their, like, their pride in themselves and their planet that they lived on. Um, so I really think that just drives her whole character. Um, and then kind of a similar note, but a little different. It just made me think of, when we were talking about her Sister, um, since she had that bracelet, was like her one little defiance against the empire. Um, I think that also kept her from, like, totally siding with Thane or deserting and joining um, Thane. I feel like we saw the idea that like the Force was constantly bringing to them together, but I also think that she was more um like pushing against it than he was um so i feel like she had more of a promise to her sister as being like her sister is already her other half rather than Thane being her other half so i think that also kind of kept her like the walls up between them at
0: times
6: yeah awesome
0: and uh ted
6: uh, yeah I think her like narrative like path and what happened like with her character it doesn't like completely mirror but it's sort of not the opposite it resembles Anakin as like how far can you go before you can make that decision about like when can I just turn around and like it's never too late as what like Vader proved but in the back of your head of every decision you've ever made is been the what you wanted to do and then suddenly you've got that decision where you might be in the wrong it's it can't be an easy thing to sort of admit in your head and go back and make the decision and I think if I think back in her mind like the bracelet was the one thing that kept her from not becoming fully this person that I don't think she was truly was that person but um yeah, I think that really emphasizes like her path and what she needed to do in, in what I see it as not as like a choice, but what she sort of had to become.
0: Oh, that's that's really good, um, and it like it, it hits me because it's <laughs> it's uh, it's it feels like the moral is it's never too late to make the right decision. And that's, you know, Anakin making the wrong decision and eventually being like, Oh, well, I guess this is my life now. (laughs) Um, Was not a proper reaction. (laughs) Um, And we, we, we see that in, in Vader talking to Luke in *Return of the Jedi* when he's saying, "It's too late for me, son," um, but it wasn't. It's 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 not it's not too late. It's never too late, uh, uh, Connor.
3: <laughs> yeah, um, going off what Ted said, I was also thinking of the parallels between like that the bracelet and like *See Through My Eyes*. And early in the conversation, I forget his, but it, but it's almost like her seeing her sister was like kept pulling her back to the light and not falling as deep as she could, and it really reminded me of Vader always having that little um part of Anakin still in him that won't let him fully commit but then, as opposed to, to Vader, they actually the Empire took that bracelet away and almost and stripped her completely of her kind of like tie to the light until Thane came back and but yeah so. Sian is such a complex character, but you also, it's so understandable that you understand every decision that she makes. You understand why she's making it, even though I disagreed with it, and because you're, you're, in your head, you're like, like you're, on the, you're on the bad guy's side, you know what I mean? But you
0: understand it, which is props to Claudia Gray. Yeah. You constantly want to roll up a newspaper and be like, no. No, <laughs> like Stop <Right>. it. <laughs> um, and uh, Liz, your, your thoughts on that?
4: Um, it really hit me hard when they, they had that element of her sister. I have a twin sister, so it Ooh. just gutted me to read about that. Um, I think it really, yeah, to echo what a lot of people have said, it really focuses on, on people's attachments and how they can uh, make them either stray from a preset morality that they had for good, for example, and it can turn to the dark side to save Padme, but also to the light. Um, and it's, it's kind of that parallel with Sienna has this really, what seems like an uncompromising morality system, but she breaks it for Thane um, and just how, yeah, these characters can be swayed by how strong their relationships are. I thought that was really great that they uh, brought that element in and really echoes a lot of kind of the main arcs of the original films.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Whew. All right, and uh, man, also another thing—I don't know if anyone has had the chance to do it yet. Uh, I know uh, Rids, you you started it, but if you get a chance to rewatch the original trilogy now after reading the book, it it hits different. I'm telling you, it, it hits different. Um, I want to thank everyone for for joining me. Uh, before we we kind of end things, um, personally my view on on this is a big moral of the story is the question, can you be loyal to multiple things at, at the same time, right? I don't necessarily view the bracelet as defiance to the empire. I treat that as her highest priority loyalty. And just like she says, you know, you can be loyal to multiple things, but if they conflict you have to make a choice. Well, what happens if they are headed in diametrically opposed directions? What happens then? And to me, that is, that's is—that's—that's the core. But um, I, I kind of want to uh, actually close all of my windows just now. But oh. <laughs> um, I, I want to come back through, hit everyone, and kind of get this final question of, uh, it's a few parts, right? One, your overall thoughts, like what what did what did I miss that that uh, you think is important to know, um, and how what do you guys think of is of as the theme of, of the book? Um, and for this one, I'm going to start with uh, Ridian. Um. Well,
8: uh, I think like i wouldn't i wouldn't really like i couldn't really say a theme for it because it's all a lot it's like all over the place there's like it's like loads of different genres in one or like and it's like there's like i i i i think i like i like how like it's like kind of like somebody said earlier like a behind the scenes to the original trilogy and it's like like I, I didn't know that like citizens of the Empire thought that the Empire was a good thing and I thought they all thought it was bad until few until I started reading the book and I think it's it's kind of it's kind of like adds a whole new view to how I how like you said like how you watch the original trilogy and like you see like maybe like a stormtrooper dying and you just think like that guy, that guy could have been a good guy, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or something, and yeah, like you kind of like feel a bit of emotion when like any then like anybody on the dark or the light side dies,
0: and yeah, yeah. I mean, like when they you fight stormtroopers, they're all seemingly replaceable, so you don't care if a stormtrooper dies because to you, it's not a person; they're all a yeah. concept, right? But each stormtrooper is a person just like Thane or Cyanna or Jude or Nash or uh, anyone. And it's, it's crazy. Um, Victoria, final thoughts?
7: I think um, there's lots of layers of a theme. So I don't think there's one thing, which is actually kind of a cool theme because it's like there's the, one of the themes here in my opinion, is gray area. So I think gray area, um, so empathy. I think that's what I took most from this book was empathy and how, I don't know, like the idea of lost stars, um, you know, like we are guided by stars, like there's like maps of, you know, like we're guided by them. I mean, just the idea of lost stars being like that lost moral compass, like what 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 is our loyalty? What are we being loyal to? say loyalty empathy um and the gray area of those intersections yeah i really loved this book thank you for like providing this platform um for us to chat about it but those are kind of my final thoughts so thanks so much for everything it's great
0: i'm i'm so glad we've that we get to do this it makes me so happy uh but uh Papier, your thoughts on it
1: um the biggest thing that i got from this book was the the very fine distinction but important distinction between loyalty to friends family and each other versus loyalty and especially fealty to an idea or to an abstract thought um it's very dangerous you know um and so I want to give everyone a lot more time to to speak their own piece, but I, I guess ultimately the, the, the theme of the book for me brings me back to Bruce Lee and it's always be water. Never, never, you know, hunker down and just be one thing because your priorities will always shift. Your loyalties will always change. But as long as you're able to adapt and take any form that, um any given situation will kind of rattle or um make you take the form of it's it's in the end probably the best thing to do than to just kind of adhere to one single construct as
0: your kind of pillar yeah Whew. and uh, uh Liz
4: really mad because I was going to say loyalty. Um, And I I don't think I can explain it as as well as that. Um, But yeah, um, I think it does a a really great job of illustrating just how you can become so entrenched uh, within a system, how quickly you can adapt your identity um, to an organization. Um, And I, I think it ties back to that. I think I was interestingly described as flexibility um, to if you're thinking about, for example, the network of people you owe something to, um, it's much harder to take a look around um, at the systems you're complicit in um, and really critically think, am I propping up something that really harms other people?
0: Yeah, it's, oof. Sorry, just each one is just like hitting me. Um, (laughs) um, uh, Connor? Yeah, I also,
3: for the theme, took away a lot of empathy and just that there's two sides to every story, at least two sides to every story. And um, you have to be kind of conscious that everyone has their own reasons for being the way that they are. And you might not understand those reasons or agree with them, but there are reasons. And another thing I wanted to mention was that for like a young adult novel, as this book is, they go into a lot of like deep concepts and mm-hmm. tough concepts, talking about Thane and how his father was abusive to him. Um, I thought this was a really good read. And it's my favorite Star Wars book. I haven't read that many, but I've read, I think I've read three. I'm on my fourth Star Wars book, but yeah, this is by far my favorite.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and so for, for me at least, this book was slept on because, because of the young adult title. You know, There's two books that came out before The Force Awakens, this and the Aftermath Trilogy. Um, uh, I do really love the Aftermath Trilogy. The first book is hard to read. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I slept on this because of the young adult thing, and I, I regret it. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I, I, I love it as well um but uh, uh ted yeah uh, your your uh closing thoughts if there's anything i missed and the overall theme
6: um i'd say that i'm impressed from the first star wars book i've ever read and uh quite a good starting point to see how much emotional depth within like a world and universe that i already love can be found in my like, books and the audio books and stuff so i'm just I loved it, and I'm just excited to see what else I can read and how far, how much else I can sort of mm-hmm. access through what you've given us.
0: <laughs> yeah, you've you've taken your first steps, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, and and that's one of the things. You know, because I, I get asked like, "Hey, how do you know so much Star Wars stuff?" It's it's because I I read a, a bunch of these these books. Most of the ones I do are audiobooks, to be honest, and. People are like, well, why? It's not to get information. It's because they're amazing, and then after you go through a lot of them, people ask questions. And you're like, oh yeah, I know the answer to that. That's that's in this thing over here, you know. Um, <laughs> and it's, I recommend everyone does it, and, and it's beautiful. Uh, you have something to add, pep. <laughs> so much Star Wars out there. Like,
1: whenever I come, when I, whenever I speak to someone about you know, the the Disney era, I'm just, there's so much Star Wars, like, even, like, even the kind of, like, the, the, the argument of, you know, you shouldn't need books to enjoy the movies, and I, you know, fundamentally would agree with that statement, but if you want to enjoy Star Wars, read the books, read the comics, (laughs) that's more Star Wars for you, like, just not in the effort to get you to like the sequels or get you to like any one movie, read the books. You're going to enjoy Star Wars. You're going to get so much more Star Wars out of it.
0: Yeah. And, and that's, that's why one of my biggest recommendations is the revenge of the Sith novelization. And a lot of people are like, Oh, I already love it. It's my favorite movie. I'm like, read the novelization. It times it by three or four, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. uh it doesn't matter if you like it or don't like it, if it makes it better add it it's seasoning to 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 your meal it's seasoning to your star wars meal um
2: and really quick that's what makes star wars special It's not the s w c u you know it's not the Star wars cinematic universe it's always been a universe, even back when it was made it's been a universe full of comics books, cartoons and you know, with everything adding on to each other, it's never been just the movies, you know? And if you really yeah. want to get into it, there's so much you can just consume and almost all of it's good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and even the stuff that's not so good is still better than most things.
0: <laughs> that's very true. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. Brooke, final thoughts, things I've missed and uh, the overall theme.
5: Yeah, I really, really liked this. I think it was such a great start to my um, Star Wars novel journey. Um, I, I definitely took a lot of empathy away as far as themes. Um, as well as I think Connor said it, that there's always two sides to every story. Um, so it at really least. made you think about, at least, yeah. It makes you think like two people can see the exact same thing and have completely different perceptions of it. Um, which is probably why I also love The Last Jedi because that touches on that a whole lot. Um, Yeah, I think I just like how it kind of humanizes the people involved because there's like, from the originals, there's like the legacy or the legend of the Skywalkers, but then you pull the curtain back and see like all of the other people that have, you know, absolutely no personal ties to the core of the story, um, but still, like, believe in what they're doing.
0: Yeah. And that's one of the... Excuse me. One of the many reasons I can't wait till the podcast gets to The Last Jedi and I can get you on a Brooke. <laughs> oh, my God. It's going to be the best day. Um, hopefully, Pep can join us, too. But that's that's in the I'm future. <laughs> Last... But certainly not least uh justin you want you want to take us out to things that um the themes things i may have missed or things you want to add
2: as far as you know things we didn't touch on you know i wish we could be here all day because you know we dived in Siena. i'd love to dive into thane because mm-hmm. like i said i identified with him in his story and like connor brought up he you know overcame a lot and it was you know but as far as the overall theme i agree with victoria i can't narrow it down to one Because this book, at the end of the day, told at least three stories. It told her story, it told his story, and it told their story. Uh, Her story, I agree with all of you, it's about loyalty, and it's about uh, where those loyalties lie and what that means. Uh, His story, Thane kind of went on a hero's journey, you know, when you think about it. And even without Sienna there, he would have gone on this hero's journey. This There could have been a book about him, a guy that trains to be an Imperial pilot. And then when Alderaan blows up and he sees some slavery, he goes and joins the rebellion. And it would have been an interesting book, you know, probably it would have had some action in it. It would have had an interesting, likable main character. But then, so his, I guess his story is about doing the right thing. Uh, and then their story. And maybe if you, you know, threatened me and made me pick one. Their story is about love. You know, it's a a romance at the end of the day and how that love overcame all odds, brought them together through the middle of a war, and saved her life, technically saved his too, you know. And it was just a beautiful, a beautiful read. So emotional, so empathetic. Empathy was a word thrown around and I think it's a really good one. yeah and i think i think i could pontificate a little more but i think that that sums it up oh awesome
0: uh i i got to say you know from this and like in the podcast this has been my favorite discussion uh <laughs> so far by a lot cuz it's oh, like i don't know there's so much like meat in it you know what i mean like who you it's know like the like, book <laughs> yeah
1: Several perspectives. You got to get, get those takes, those hot takes.
0: Uh, yeah. I, I just want, want to thank everyone for, for joining me and, and talking about this book. I, I really do love it. And I think that, um, you know, like you said, there's, there's so much more to, to this universe and it's so interesting and fascinating and it, it's applicable to our, to our daily lives while being entertaining and, um, and, and everything that that we want. So uh, once again I, I do I do want want to thank everyone um, And man, thank you. Sorry, you this. Yeah, thank, the, you, thank, you thank you guys you for for it. joining <laughs> me. Not gonna lie, Justin, you kind of broke my, my brain there and yeah. you and, and and Victoria where <laughs> now I'm trying to talk, but my mind is thinking how <laughs> many different stories. <laughs> Mm -hmm. this tells and exactly what what those are but that's what that's what makes this universe beautiful that's what makes life beautiful is every single person you meet you know all nine of you here on the on talking here have your own story and we're all together right now it's not one person's story it's all of our stories and i'm sure they're all fascinating so love you guys thank you so much for joining and. Thank you. of us. Thank you so much for hosting. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank, you. you.
4: <laughs>
0: Thank you. Awesome. So that's that's where I'm going to stop the recording. Yeah. But just like I said, awesome. I I, I love it. It's just <laughs> made my. I have way. a
2: super tiny thing I want to add. We didn't. It, there was no good part, but his his uh Twi'lek friend can we get more Twi'leks with splotches on their skin? Because he had like star-shaped splotches <laughs> yeah. in his design. It's in the manga. It's really cool. That's,
0: that's a good yeah. point. You know, I'm going to need to find the, the manga and, and post some pictures of it. There's If, yeah. if you guys haven't seen, uh, Justin posted a, a couple pictures from the manga already.
2: And it so is. Cool. I'll check it out. It's the they cutest the thing I've exactly. ever seen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They make some changes I don't appreciate. They don't really go into either of their relationships with their parents. Sienna actually like tries to kill him when she meets him again when she realizes she, he's in the rebellion, which like kind of goes against the themes, I think. But, you know.
1: I was just reading the chat. Forgot yeah. to say this, but I hope she's in another book and is evil and kills Thane. Yeah. That would be an interesting... A, that's,
2: that's a curiosity I have that I wish... Like, it probably would have gone on too long. But think of all the what-ifs what if they had listened to Jude's email that she sent out, where she was like, there's this part in the Death Star that I think they could blow up if they wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> you Just know what? The, the hubris
0: what? of the Empire at that point. Uh-huh. Actually, that leads me to, to uh, another question that I do want to ask everyone. Would you want a sequel? Yes or no? And yes, guess, and why? Because it doesn't end. They're yes, not together and yes. they don't
2: have babies. And <laughs> that's it what I It literally, literally ends end, with Nash, I'm like, romantic,
0: building right?
2: Yeah. Oh, that. and I,
0: I didn't even mentioned that final scene of Nash being like, "I will avenge you," yeah, and whether really or not—I mean—is Nash going to show up in the Squadrons game? I—I yeah, so. I, I, I don't it know. And—and and the uh, Alphabet Squadron book is that time period too. Uh, God, there's so many, there's so many possibilities. But um, yeah, real, 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 that. all right. Actually, I'll start, I'll start with, with Victoria. I, I actually, I want to hear everyone's independent thoughts. But, uh, Victoria, do you want a sequel, yes or so, no, and why?
7: I would say no. And the reason I'm going to say no is because, okay, Nash, for instance. He says, I will avenge you. And it's in the, and so I guess, I don't know. We think we're doing something in the name of something we love. But we see that was futile. Like, that was like why are you avenging her you don't need to avenge her like she's alive this and that and so I I like that cliffhanger theme of like you think that you're doing something for a reason but it's not and I I don't know I like that um open-endedness of everything I am a a fan of open-endedness just in general um and so I don't think I would like a sequel just because I don't want um I don't know I don't want I don't want the ends to be closed.
0: Uh-huh. Um, and, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, Ridian, would you want a sequel? I know you do, but yeah, explain it.
8: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I definitely want a sequel, and I I think it'd be good to like really like this book was a, a lot of it's like really unpredictable, and I think it'd be bad to like take the sequel to a whole new level of unpredictableness, <laughs> like why I said in the chat, like, maybe <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It,
8: it, it could add <laughs> another layer. I don't know.
0: <laughs> De- definitely could. Uh, uh Cotton, you, you want a sequel? I,
3: I, I don't want a sequel. I think it might just be in my head that how the, how the story ends is that Zane, like, pulls some strings. She's Apologetic for like she realizes all she's done, and then they just kind of live happily ever after. That's what's in my head. I don't know if I want that ruined. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's good. I do. Uh, I wouldn't ruin. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Liz, uh, do you want a sequel?
4: I'd love a cameo, but I feel like it'd be really tough to follow these characters moving forward. What with position she's in and having to grapple with a lifetime of imperial service, I think it'd be really difficult to draw that out and I think it'd be tough to read, but I love these characters, so somebody might be able to do it really really well. (laughs) Uh,
0: Justin, you want a sequel?
2: Uh, Yeah, it's hard to disagree with Victoria and Connor because my brain is like, yeah, you know, but then my heart, (laughs) my heart has a child inside. (laughs) <laughs> and it wants it wants more, you know. <laughs> but it, it's you know it's easy to figure out what happens next. They probably wind up together, you know. That's the whole point of the book, like I said. Like their bond could it be broken by a massive fascist machine and a war, you know. <laughs> so, but maybe if there was a sequel, it'd be about someone else in that circle, like uh, his. It would be about Nash and. Logara I forgot the her. Friend, <laughs> Nash. <friend and> I.
0: <laughs> no, well, I can see that, it going forward with Nash and kindy specifically. Kendi,
2: yeah, and they—they, they, you know, kindy probably still serves the New Republic, and you know, Thane and Sienna would be there, and so we'd get to find out what happens to them. But it could tell a different story because, you know, the open-endedness left me a little dry. It left me like, no, oh, but I want them to, you know, I wanted them to. Kiss lovingly and then the screen and then it's you know? <laughs> but you know, I, I get that it had it had its merits, like you know, now it now it can go because every story in this galaxy can't be contained in one thing, you know. That's why we have an anthology. You know?
0: Yeah. Um and uh Brooke, sequel or nah.
5: I'm gonna say no, like a hard no. And I'm gonna compare it to this. I the series finale of Breaking Bad was beautiful and I didn't need anymore if you if people have seen Breaking Bad the way it ends is great and then we got El Camino which was fun but mm-hmm. I feel like I didn't need it. I didn't need to see what happens after mm-hmm. the end. Like I like to have to like I like to imagine that myself. I didn't need to see it.
0: Uh.
6: And then uh Ted, sequel or nah? Uh I'd take a sequel. I mean, I'm not like yearning to see what happens next and I was really satisfied with the ending, but um I don't know, I think I wouldn't mind if they did like make one and it it was like actually going to happen, but then like I'm not I wouldn't be too bothered if they just said if that was if that is it because it was like everything I wanted it to be
0: so okay and then i personally i don't need a sequel because i know a their love will never be broken that's not a question to me and and that's where we end is yeah she's going down for war crimes but their their love will never be broken uh and then I, uh, so that, that was, that's, that's my, my original stance And I stick with it I did waver a bit Once I, getting into more books Like Alphabet Squadron And um, um, And the other book series That I was talking about, Aftermath um, Because we, we find out As well as Battlefront 2 Because we, we find out about Operation Cinder um, And then There's a bunch of people after that That are defecting and basically, like, because Operation Cinder was the Empire saying, uh, screw this galaxy. I'm going to burn it down if you don't let me win. I'm going to take my ball and go home. Um, <laughs> and so people are defecting at a rapid rate. And the amount of respect you get is determined by how soon after Operation Cinder started that you defected. Um So I would love to see, I don't want a sequel, but uh, like someone else said, I would love a cameo because I could see them needing pilots um, or needing people that have that information serving in in a different sort. And maybe we find out that she served her time and they had a kid later or or whatever in the context of, of another story about the the new republic forming or or whatnot but mm-hmm. that's just me
1: i mean I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with with the book alone and i think the i think the the chapter of this story is closed on them um but i've been clamoring and yes. clamoring for it in in the discord yeah. we need a bsi show and yeah that and show would, could include Thane Cyan uh Logara, all of those people from the books, and just show up in the way that Clone Wars people showed up in Rebels. You know, just have those cameos, have those kind of micro arcs within episodes where they're there and they're just like, "Oh, look, they're alive. They're together. They have a baby."
2: Yeah, I would. I would be happy with if there's a show like that, and then there's some young upstart who has like blondish hair, dark skin, and their last name's Corell. I would lose it. I would be yes. Like,
0: yeah, dope. Like there, there's, there's a, a new Kyrell in
2: the, the new Jedi Order. That's uh, oh, so. listen, don't. Oh. <laughs> they had a kid and they were force sensitive. That's how to one. Kyrell.
0: <laughs> a- anyways, once again, I'm sorry to go off on another tangent because I, I meant to, to, to end things before, but. I could talk Love about this for hours. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for, for talking about this with me and not making me be alone as a, a <laughs> oh, yeah. solo uber nerd. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I thank uh, you for
1: doing this because for the longest time, um, I've been trying to get people to read and people have been commenting on my videos. What should I read? What should I read? Should I read? So I, when you started this, I was like, thank God. thank God. Someone asked
2: me that question. It felt good. Yeah, it's like, if you like Clone it? Wars, read Ahsoka. If you like the OT, read Lost (laughs) Stars. If you like Star Wars, read Lost Stars, but you know... (laughs)